Hey, Effort of Community Church family. Hey, it's Jim Ehrman, teaching pastor here. I have the privilege of being with Nate Kennel today. If you have not had a privilege hey, to get to know Nate, what's that? I said, hey, everybody. He said, hey, everybody. <laughs> I thought he was like correcting his name for me. I'm like, what? I've been calling you by the wrong name. Uh, but no, yeah, you if you it. haven't had the privilege of meeting Nate and his family, like all 62 of them, they're yeah. just delightful. <laughs> they're like a small tribe moving in our midst. It's really That's awesome. Right. And uh, But Nate uh, oversees a lot of the what we just call our infrastructure here at the church. He, you're on staff, and he, he helps make IT happen. And believe me, we are a wired community a.k.a. what we're doing right now. Thanks to him and Drew for making stuff like this happen. Thanks for being on the team. How's it feel to be on the team after... How long has it been? Like six, uh, eight six months? Six and a half, seven Yay. months, something like that. Yeah. Do you tell you like us still? Yeah, I love it. It's great. It's great to be on the staff. I find it a privilege to be around this group of people, and yeah. uh, it's been... Yeah, it's been a really positive thing. In my yeah, life, so. I too. Like I, I, I do a lot of things. I have to admit, when I'm here and part of the staff meetings, there's something about just our culture and stuff. Reminds me of this funny little story that I heard. Um, it comes from a psychology background where they were testing monkeys. So imagine this. <laughs> honestly, just I, I'm all of a sudden comparing our church staff to monkeys. But it was a study of monkeys. True story, compared to others I tell. And what they did was they took these monkeys and they put a set of bananas in the ceiling. But if any of the monkeys went for the bananas, they would have a negative reinforcement thing. I didn't know if they were shocked or whatever, but all that to say, every monkey eventually tried to get it and then got the negative reinforcement to the point, then they noticed in the group that the monkeys started, if they saw another guy start to go for it, they would grab him and pull him down and be like, you don't touch wow. those because everyone got shocked. So no matter who touched it, everyone oh. got shocked, right? Like, I don't know whether we were in college or something. So all, all of a sudden, some of you are calling PETA, PETA on us. affecting me. Exactly here. right. So they started to police each other wow. to the point where they then started to pull one monkey out and put a different monkey in. And what happened was no monkey ever went for the bananas again. So in other words, it reached the point where they substituted out every monkey, but the culture had become such that you didn't go for those bananas. They didn't have wow. to even begin to shock anymore. So there's something about being part of a culture that slowly begins to train us. Now, I'm switching to the positive yeah, here. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is probably a frail transition, but I'm just well, trying to say That's where my mind was going. Can this good, <laughs> I'm glad we're grabbing the positive here. Um, but all that to say, we were, we were partly saying this about the, being part of the staff here. We do cultivate something that keeps us um, in tune, right? And it's really quite thrilling. And I want to say that part of the series that we're in right now is doing that for me. Uh, there is something about money. I mean, I love the fact that Kevin points out that if we just reduce Jesus's three years of preaching and teaching to a 52-week sermon series, four months of it would be on money or wow, related yeah. to resourcing. There's something about Jesus's knowing of what where our treasure is, so will our heart be. And so, man, right. I just want to pump it to you, like, th this whole idea, like, we can guide our heart, right? We're, yeah. we're, we're just like culture can around us. So. Right, right, yeah, and and I, I was thinking about your story, it became something that wasn't even real to them, mm -hmm. none of them had experienced that, but hopefully this is something that is real, and that's one of the things that stuck out to me is that God is in a place, God is the righteous mm -hmm. one who should, who should, it's right that we give him everything, right? That's everything right. is, that was one of the points, sorry, I'm not doing the point that you brought up. No, no, you're allowed to, <laughs> welcome to the ECC podcast, yeah, right? Elephant Every, Trails. In other words, everything in the world is his, and when we die, we're not going to have anything anymore, and it's all going to be someone else's, mm -hmm. um, and that, so it's right that we give unto him. 
And not only that, where, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the things that stuck out to me about that is you can, you can guide what your heart values mm. by, by putting your time there, by putting your mm. money there. And it's not just a reactionary thing. You, yeah. can, actually, you can actually take yourself toward where you want to go and what right. you know is right. And what we're admitting, yeah. I think, when we say that is the first couple steps of anything is a discipline before mm. it becomes an art. I mean, I oftentimes remind my kids growing up like, hey, everything at first is a discipline, but doing a discipline well leads to doing an art well because it then starts to become natural. And it's one of the things you're going to hear here, like Kevin entitled this message, First Things, right? The actual title was First Things First. And I found it interesting that we automatically immediately go to tithing, but as I was listening to his message, he was actually challenging us to giving God first things and a whole lot of other things than just our finances. Yeah. In other words, he called it the principle of the first, that if you can first orient your 15 minutes of the day, you know, we're oftentimes talking about that, the first and final 15, or if we're going to be making a business decision, slowing down on it and giving God 15 hours or 15 days to guide you into it or something. We're just throwing 15 around now. But the whole idea is like the way we first position ourselves can slowly train ourselves to be predispositioned like an art form toward God. Yeah. But like you said, guiding the heart uh, is is powerful, but it's not always easy when you're first starting to do it. Right? No, that's true. <laughs> Which is what I'm thrilled about this 90-day challenge because yeah. at one level we're trying to back people in this church up. We're like, hey... Go ahead and take a risk and let us back you up, mm-hmm. man. If after 90 days you can't pay your bills because you tied, you get your tithe back, right? Because yeah. we're we're because we, we want to help you be able to develop an art, and it takes discipline at first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the fact is, there's a reality there that we want to move to, and it's mm-hmm. not about it's not in the end. It's not about the discipline or the law, right? It's yeah. it's it's not about you need to do this, this, and this, and I think that's the way it's been taught a lot, but the, 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 the fact is that there's a reality behind it that's true and that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, Matt and I, were, excuse me, Nate and I were chatting a little bit before this, and, um, and we were chatting about this whole idea that the way we're talking about entrusted um, is a much more freeing approach to it than I would, was probably discipled in growing mm-hmm. up, where the tithe was almost a test not of just of God, which is what the Bible actually says, test me in these things, right? right? Try me in these things. It felt like a test of me. Um, hmm. and, and therefore, I remember uh, my, my giving was more obligatory, almost like I was sewing into like, well, if I do this, some natural law equation works out where I, right. where I get more benefit, almost like God's sitting there like, I put a law in the universe, do this. And I think Lancaster <laughs> County struggles with that sometimes, because yeah. we love natural law theory. That's just a fancy word of saying, like, there's an algorithm, and if we just live into it, we'll experience blessing. But this is a way more relational thing than that, right? I think right. it's not just, it's not an obligation that leads the blessing. It's an opportunity to experience God in provision, which deepens intimacy with God, not necessarily obligation to God. It's been something that's been hitting me harder. Right. It's a. It's a. It's about a relationship with Him, yeah. and I, I think of it as a, I know someone that used to say, "God's not a vending machine." Yeah. So it's not this. It's not really a transactional thing. Ultimately, mm-hmm. is not the is not the goal. Yeah. yeah, and it is fascinating. You know, that's a great image. Like God's not a vending machine, because because when we, when we look at the biblical record, like. God wants to pour out blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and He does call us to a certain kind of posture or behavior, but it's so tempting to turn that into some kind of uh, technique or an algorithm 
to yeah. get something from God, but ultimately whatever he's going to be doing is going to be driving you back to, you will know me more, and mm. I will know you more, and I will put you in encounter with others more as you do that. And that's really, that's easier to think about in some ways other than our money, right? Because yeah. something about our resourcing, uh, it just drives us to this kind of insulated or individual position first, and then we can be generous to the world. I think God's challenge is like, hey, I, I want to teach you how to be generous first, mm-hmm. and then watch everything fall in order after that. And yeah, uh, yeah don't know if it's been your experience or if it's... You could sit and go, Jim, I disagree. Uh, that's allowed <laughs> No, too. not at all. I was thinking of a pump as you were saying that, and we talk about prime. Maybe it's a cliche uh, mm-hmm. metaphor, but priming the pump. I think there's a flow that he wants us to to realize that, you know, he is, it's like Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches, and mm-hmm. if you're cut off from me, you're going to die. And so I think part of it is about getting into a posture and a habit of, of being grateful for what he's given and realizing that everything is flowing from him. Yeah. And so it's not, yeah, it's not in this set of rules and laws that we can follow that are just principles. Yes, they are true principles, but it's about getting into that flow with him and that relationship with him where we're yeah. grateful for what we have and he's providing everything for us. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I love the words that we keep throwing out around this, this whole series, like generosity, um, giving first fruits and and gratefulness, right? Like, I think that's one of the things that when we talk about, um, I will pour out blessing on you when you do this, I honestly think that the blessings aren't just like, you're going to be able to pay your bills in the future, or you're going to be maybe even see your tent pegs expanded, using a good biblical metaphor. But I I don't want to walk past some of the interior life stuff that happens. Like, Mm. we become more thankful people, right? We become more grateful people, we end up starting to be able to view things that are going on in our life through different lenses. It's almost as if if you're if you're willing to take steps in regards to your finances, you get spiritual returns of discernment, insightfulness, gratefulness. And man, these are all the things we're told that at the end of our lives we most want to be known for, yeah. right? The, the kind of way we want to be. And God's almost hiding them. Hiding's the wrong word, right. but he's sowing <laughs> them in as we're simply being obedient to something that seems very practical, like 10% or something like that. Right, right. Yep. Fan of God. I'm a fan of God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I'm hearing you chat, I'm like, man, I like Nate and God. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, if, if you don't mind, I want to um, uh, just bring us back to a couple of things that Kevin did remind us. Um, he, he introduces this idea of the principle of the first. And I want us this week, like, I want us to be thinking about, is there any area that we want to make God first in. And I don't want this to be a condemnatory thing, and I might even ask you to think if there's any area you're being challenged in. But one of the things that I did reboot after uh, the sermon series on, uh, excuse me, the sermon series of these three weeks is, I've been spotting like, hey, where, where in different spheres of my life is God going to get the first? So in other words, let me give you a hint. Like when I get home on Sunday afternoons after a busy weekend to be in part of this community, which I absolutely love, I love to tend to veg. Like yeah. I, I mean, there's something about Sunday <laughs> afternoons. I'm not a big nap guy, but man, I can I can go blank in the brain pretty fast. Whether that's yeah. a football game or just something like that. And I thought to myself, okay, what's it mean to actually get home on Sunday? And I mean, not in an obligatory way, but say, God, I want to give you an opportunity. And you know what I've done the last two Sundays is I've made a phone call to a family member. Yeah. You know, I, I just decided like I'm going to give like this just. 
just before I begin to vegging, trust me, man, I got back to vegging pretty fast, <laughs> but I was sitting there and I actually said, you know, God, I want to give you an opportunity to speak to me. Is there any family member that just a quick 10-minute phone call to say, hey, how you doing, man? Just checking yeah. in. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, those were two amazingly powerful hmm. Uh, moments with family members, no agenda, just checking in. And that's just one example of, can we start to think of somewhere where we can test God with something in a sense? I don't get me yeah. wrong, I'm just, yeah. I mean it, like there is a tithe of the time that I think that I have this Sunday afternoon to say, I'm going to be available for 10 minutes just to say, God, is there anyone I can call and check in with? That's some of the kind of little steps I think we can yeah. take and see God move. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think one of the kind of paradoxes of this is not not having it be law but still taking account and i think that's a great i reject it. obligation yeah. because uh, i don't know i think i've um, conflated the law with discipline in some areas yeah. in my life yeah. and so i re- rejected obligation in every way and it rejected like almost numbers or taking account of things but um we were having a, a conversation this morning about um Reflecting back over your day and taking mm-hmm. time to realize what has actually happened, and I think when you when you reject all taking account or discipline, you you're not present in your life, and you're not able to say like, "Wow, I'm I'm grateful for the things that I have," because you're mm-hmm. not willing to look at what you do have. And so I think one of the areas for me uh, is, you know, you talked about my 62 kids. Um, <laughs> Is actually I said your as, family was 62. <laughs> I know your extended family. Good people. <laughs> yes, I do have a big... My, my mom was one of eight, and uh, my parents have uh, 18 grandkids. But anyway, so in the midst of that, you know, life can just... I can feel like I'm just being led by the mm. schedule, right? I had three kids in soccer. Thank God soccer is over for right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But um, so when I get up, you know, there might be a three-year-old jumping on me, and it's mm. it's... I have to be very intentional to take the time in the morning or the evening and just say, you know, um, and just give that to the Lord. So that's one of the areas that I'm going, okay, I'm not going to allow life. I'm going to take what's important and I'm going to give it to the Lord uh, and take account of those things and make it a, make it an intentional thing where that's I'm not right. just floating, kind of floating through Dude, life. that is a great... I love what you just said, like, and I want to catch it because I actually want to use it to summarize, like... Like I don't, you don't want to turn this into a religious thing or an obligation, but you do want the best parts of taking account. Yeah. And if anything, of this series, let this four or five weeks be, let's take account of our lives, mm-hmm. right, and be able to pause long enough to observe where our treasure is. Like where now, by the way, it might be actually in the stimulus response flow of raising 60, a family of 62 <laughs> or stewarding a family of 62, but at least take an account and see where your attention is at at this moment and see if the Spirit wants to say anything to it. I think it's right on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I will end, if you don't mind, I, I want to keep reminding it. us of the words of Jesus in this because Kevin's had us, believe it or not, in this Matthew 6 passage so much, and I just want to remind you, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For I tell you where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So anyway, let's take account of that in these weeks, and invite God into uh, 
into our worlds. And man, it's going to be quite the opportunity. Thanks for spending time with us, Nate. Absolutely. Yeah, you cut this coming week. Uh, it is fun. Um, this coming week, Randy, Dr. Randy Clark's going to be here. So we'll remind you. Very excited. Probably if you're watching this, you're part of our community. You're quite aware of this, but I will remind you that uh, we have a we have a connection, not just a respect for, but we believe we actually have a quite a connection with Global Awakenings, particularly Randy Clark. He's asked to come to us, and trust me, that doesn't happen in Dr. Randy Clark's schedule very often. This is one of the most sought-after people ministering in this area of healing. He'll be doing a training on Saturday afternoon, and then there'll actually be a time of healing where we're trusting God. Matter of fact, it's more than just trusting. We actually have an expectation. We have seen some amazing stuff. I just want to close with a story of a guy last week who um, uh, we had a word around uh, pain in the foot. He came up with a tendonitis industry injury um, from running. He has done Ironmans. That's on yeah. him, in my opinion. You know, uh, God, why would you want to heal someone who's so dumb to do that, right? But he had done some Ironmans, developed a pretty significant issue in his one foot tendonitis, and he uh, the the word he just responded to it came up for a prayer. And while he was being healed, his foot started to get hot, and he started to get distracted by the heat. And one of our pastors had to look at him and said, "Actually, that's the healing going on, man." Ended up uh, the guy got healed. Um, He's like, "God, I'm trying to get." healed in it. I'm so distracted by my, by, foot by my burning foot. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Isn't it funny how so uh, uh, how we uh, do the world? But all that to We've say... We've been telling stories like that, but and it, and faith is really rising, oh man, I think. And Saturday's going to be Saturday night. It's going to be awesome. You, you so. nailed it. We, that's one of the... Th where I was headed with that. We we have an expectation that God's up to something, and we're merely responding to it. So come yeah. out and check it out with us. We hope to see you. Have a great week until then. Take care.